Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go four at the back with two sitting, or will they pack the team with attacking talent? We'll find out very soon. Our guest today is a brilliant comedian, actor and writer. He co-created and starred as D.I. Sleet in Murder in Successville, and also wrote and starred in King Gary. It is, of course, the excellent Tom Davis. Welcome, Tom. This is your best 11. You are, of course, a proud West Ham fan. Can you start by telling us why you support the Irons? It's a weird thing. So my dad is a massive, massive football fan, but my dad was more, he grew up in a time, I suppose, he sort of went to a number of different clubs. He yes. was never a fan of, particular, he just loved football. My dad was the same, same. Yeah, wherever was home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he'd go to Fulham a bit as a kid when, when Johnny Haynes played there. He'd mm. go to West Ham with, with Bobby Moore and whatever. He, you know, f- f- went to a lot of different places uh, and uh, and sort of wanted the same from me, really, just uh, just to sort of, you know, go to uh, uh, go to different places. So I went to Arsenal a bit as a kid and um, went to sort of Fulham. Uh, but yeah, for the moment I went to West Ham, I, I, just the affinity I felt and just uh, I, I sort of... I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the crowd. I fell in love with the the uh, the stadium, the where it was, and I just it was the first time I sort of I don't know, sort of I felt a sort of sense of belonging really. And and I mean, don't get me wrong, there's pretty much every day I sort of slightly regret that choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it gives it, and it, it takes. Yes, it, it certainly does. I mean, it it takes uh, it takes a lot more than it gives. Oh, <laughs> it gives it yeah, yeah, true. I read a um, thing on the paper the other day that a psychologist said that uh, football fans have a mostly negative experience uh, yeah. at football. And I'm like, you don't say. Do you know what I mean? Because mostly your team I, loses, doesn't I it? Dream, win I dream things. of it being as positive as, ne- <laughs> as negative. I, dr- I dream of it even being in the same ballpark. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> but it's a weird thing of like, because, so my dad and quite a lot of my family, I've got a lot of Arsenal family, a lot of Chelsea friends and whatever. And it's a weird thing now where you you know the, fl- and, and Mark, you will know this, and you're, Johnny, you'll know this as, as People who don't support those big teams, the fluctuation of going right. I was an Arsenal fan. I saw the Invincibles. Obviously, these are tough times. But in your toughest times, you can go. Well, yeah, we were the Invincibles. Or mm-hmm. Man United. You can go. Well, we won everything. If you're West Ham, or, or you know, 
you know, Forest, Cardiff, whatever. I mean, Forest, you, you know, you've got memories. With us, it is literally, it's tough to pick a time where... I, I go back to that amazing side with, with Harry put together, you know, with Rio, Frank, and, you know, mm-hmm. that young side uh, is the one that I sort of go back to as what if. But it's... Uh, yeah, I do love it more than anything. I love, I've, I've missed, I missed it massively. I, and it's, it's, yeah, as much as I, it could be a hindrance. It's, it's, I wouldn't want to support anyone well, else. The nice thing, Tom, at the very end of this, you get to put together that dream yeah. eleven <laughs> that that could have and should have done so much. Mate, when you look back at it, and I've talked to Harry a lot about this, and and it, you know, it's weird talking to Harry about it because you sort of feel, you know, he gets a bit, you know, a bit emotional. He was so close that season. You remember it, Mark. Yeah. We were you look at that side and, and it really it could have got you know, Michael Carrick, you know, Jermaine Defoe. It really yeah, it really team, could have it? been Glenn Johnson. It was, you know, really could have been something pretty special. Canute Freddie Canute went on to be amazing. You know, it, it's well, they yeah, all went on yeah. to be amazing, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, the lament, yeah. didn't it? Tom, could you tell us what your earliest memories of, of football were and, and what the first game was you went to? I think the, the so the first my earliest memories would probably be more England based really yeah yeah more like sort of ninety nine I sort of vaguely remember the I remember the Dutch team coming through that I remember I don't remember Hullet that sort of do you remember they did yeah. figures in nineteen ninety I don't remember they did these sort of figures that you could buy and they were stationary With slightly bigger heads yes. than they should have had yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 dreadlocks and stuff yeah 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 I remember yeah and I remember the Hullet one was that famous header. That he was doing. Yes, eighty-eight, it, eighty-eight European Championship yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. So I sort of remember those figures, and I remember sort of bright. I had Brian Robson, obviously. And Brian Robson didn't play much, and so I suppose it's nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety was a time where, you know, I think I, I can't remember doing anything else but playing football. Was just everything, wasn't it? It yeah. was just like you know, you're out in the park, and it was just constant, and and it felt that's the sort of happiest memory as well because it felt weirdly that World Cup was. Sort of like you're picking up the stars of it, and and yeah, it was. It lasted yeah. six months that World Cup, didn't it? As well, it seemed yeah. to. And it, it, Mate, it, for some of us, it's lasted about twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> clinging on, yeah. clinging on the sideline for dear yeah. life. It was. We, we talked about it on here as being a real the it's kind a of watershed, watershed moment, moment yeah. in, in for the modern game, and it, yeah. I think it was. Without doubt, I think like you know, I'll go back and watch that the Robson documentary and mm. One Night in Turin, and I, I still, I still. Football is everything. I love football. With, with the the great thing about football documentaries, I, I had somebody grip hold of me in a, in a pub before the lockdown, and he said to me, "I watch watch your film every every Saturday night." And then the missus shouts at me, and I was a bit like, "I love the idea of you, you're just able to watch those football docs, like you've seen the Robson one and all those great ones, and, and the Gascoigne one." After a few yeah. pints, you can watch them over and over those those docs, can't you? You can lose yourself yeah, back yeah, into yeah. that world, yeah, can't you? Absolutely. Definitely. One night in Turin is a great doc. Um, don't take me home. I was like. I watched that as an Englishman and loved it. I just thought it was so well put together and actually have everything. I did quite a lot of, I went away with England quite a lot back in the day before yeah. I was sort of married. And, uh, and I love, I used to love going away and, and watching England. I think probably as, as you know, Mark, if you support a team that you're not necessarily going to get that success and, and, you know, England, I, I'm still a believer every tournament we go to, I will think, oh, this is going to be the one. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be, haven't you? You have to. That's, that's, that's the eternal sort of optimism uh, of the football Can I just fund. say, oh, God bless you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember your first West Ham game, Tom? Uh, my dad took me to Fulham. Right. And I don't know if you guys have been to Craven Cottage. It's an incredible yeah. ground to go to. Mm. It's sort of just on the river there. And I remember going, I was, you know, I remember exactly how old I was being, but it was, it was, yeah. I remember that as, and my granddad was there. And, you know, it was a really, 
but yeah, West Ham. I remember the first. That was it's a, it was a bit more. West Ham's a bit more feral. Well, I, I was going to say it's not, it's not Fulham, is it? It's a, <laughs> Fulham's mean, a more gentle sort of, the, especially compared to Upton Park. The walk through the back streets of yeah. Fulham and or A13 <laughs> are somewhat slightly yeah, different. Yeah. 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 But also, what I, what the difference seemed to be that everyone at Fulham was very cordial to each other, and it felt a little bit like they everyone kind of knew each other. Where West Ham, there was just this sort of like. Like and and it's still there. It's an electricity that I love, and there's a sort of like I think I spoke to you before, Johnny, about, it, and I'm sure you felt the same. Mark. I was devastated when we left up, Upton Park. I was like, um, it was. I just thought that ground was everything. It was so many cherished memories, some bad, some good, but uh, it just had. It just you know, I used to love everything about that stadium. It was, it's, the it's, there's a great there's a great story Mark tells me when we were together talking and he says that is is I I would mention Ninian Park and, and the Bob Bank and the smell of smoke and 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 you know the slight the alcohol as well you could smell yeah. all those things that I, yeah. as a kid I remember football being which you don't get now fried onions all that kind of stuff no, Mark no. said he remembers in Upton Park the smell of cigar smoke and I was like God because he said like you know you'd get lads who'd worked in in the East End and stuff who'd come and they'd have a cigar a bit like Del Boy and I was like yes I can imagine so, that the City like boys Park. would yeah. turn up in their in their beige raincoats and their suits underneath for evening games and yeah. that would be the all pervading smell of the North Bank. Brilliant. That would be how that would be. And Tom, funny enough, I saw you. You're not difficult to spot. I think we, <laughs> we can work on that principle. I was there for the for the, for the last the farewell game, and we we were all stuck in that top left hand corner yes. of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. of the upper west uh, because yeah. I we had three seating tickets, but I I got all my sons in, so they got the seat. So I gave I gave up there so they could go in and watch the last game together, and I went up to that t- and I sat on my own up there and I left at half time. And went down the pub and watched the second half in the pub. That's, that's how I, I, I didn't know how else to do it. I oh. didn't know what I was meant to do. I didn't know how I was meant to yeah. commemorate the moment. And the best one for me, the only way I did it, I walked out at half time and I, ne- I quite literally never turned round. Really? Easiest, was, I, just, I, I, I did it the opposite, Mark, man. I was like, just mad you were sitting, because I had exactly the same thing as you. I had tickets in the chicken run. And then I had a filming that I was meant to be filming and I was devastated. I sort of, I mean, I, you know, I nearly walked off the job. Basically, I was like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not missing this, and it sort of was a massive bone of contention. In the end, they moved, scheduled, rescheduled the filming around it. Which, let me tell you, folks, um, in film world, is a big thing to do. Fair play to you, Tom. Fair play to you, Tom. Let me tell you, I've worked a lot with uh, with Vicky, and and I'm not a difficult person, but no. this was like this is the he end of everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, so I was, yeah, so weirdly, there was quite a few people in that little upper bit there. There was. Weren't supposed to be there. Or, or were, were like, you know, it wasn't their usual place to watch. But I saved to the bit of M, man. And then I, I drank in the streets uh, for a few good few hours with... with do, do you mean you drank met. in the streets or you drank in the streets? <laughs> or both? Both. Yeah, you did both. Yeah, yeah. Both. Uh, yeah, very much both. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, can I ask you... Who was your favourite player as a kid when you first went to West Ham? Was it a specific player you had that you loved or idolised? I was obsessed with European football. Right. I was obsessed with, at the time, the French League um, uh, coming through, like Nantes were really good. So, and, and Italian football was just everything to me. I was just like obsessed with that Lazio side of yeah, Signore. Yeah. Uh, the Milan with Daniel Massaro, um, Maldini, Baresi. So that sort of world was, yeah, I used to sort of, if we were playing football, in the in the park, I'd always sort of try and be someone from the European team. Um, <laughs> as a kid, uh, my favourite player, 
sort of getting into late, but as a kid, I mean, Frank McAvenny or Tony Cotty. Tony Cotty now has become a mate, which I find really surreal. And I know you, like, you have that, Johnny, because yeah. I see, you know, social media with pals on that. I see that. It, I find that one of the, like I see like Tony Cotty, when King Gary first came out, I was in at West Ham, I was um, having a few beers and Tony Cotty came up and was like, oh, you know, and he was just lovely. And it was just like, you know, I sort of took that back to the sort of 11, 12 year old me. Yeah. yeah and it so. never leaves you, does it? Every no, time you see them and so. speak to them, you feel the same, don't you? Yeah. I, I, I even now, I, Declan Rice is, uh, I get on well with Declan, we just become a mate and we, we chat and whatever. I still, I think Declan, I'm old enough genuinely to be Declan Rice's father. Yes. And I still, <laughs> the relationship is still very much, I feel like a, you know, I, yeah. I, I, He's 10 years older yeah, than you, isn't so he? Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's, yeah, it's absolutely right. I, I interviewed the Welsh football team and um, I was 12 and yeah. they were adults. <laughs> Please, you know, Mr. Yeah. could you tell me how Mr. much you enjoyed the experience? Gareth Bale is sitting, sitting opposite. You're going, your brain is going, it's Gareth Bale, it's Gareth Bale. And your other part of the brain is going, Please don't scream that out. Here's, you the, just can't here's, help here's the big question, Tom, is which yeah. West Ham player are you writing into an episode of King Gary because you can't stop yourself? <laughs> it's got to be Frank, well, isn't it? Frank's got to get in there somewhere, isn't he? He's going to oh, do it. You're going to do it, aren't you? Brian Noble would be the guy. Yes. Oh, yes. He is West Ham. (laughs) You're in a news agent's queue or something, and it's one of those ones, isn't it? And and he turns around and it's Mark Noble. It's something like that. Tom, I was going to ask you, what what were your match day rituals when you first started going, and what are your match day rituals now? I think I was more... I I sort of... I missed missed the the week of a game, and uh, when you work on a building site, football... Is so so apparent on the different people. What was great is you'd work, you work with Chelsea fan, you work with Scousers, Geordies, whatever you, you know, uh, you know, there could be, you know, Scottish lads, Welsh lads. You'd have such a like, smorgasbord of different fans. And that, if you were playing someone like, you know, that weekend and potentially that you'd get them a ticket. I used to love working on a Saturday morning and going straight to the game from work. Like, oh, nice. Yeah. That's just golden, that is, yeah. Getting in the boozer for about one o'clock. Um, and uh, and then just let yeah from there that you know seeing how we were well and when you well, arrive well, and everybody's saying where you been oh, you got one in for your son it's all that and oh it's just, beautiful it's, it's the best it's the best feeling and, and you've earned it because you've been grafting that moment oh, so yeah. you've earned everything you said earlier yeah. on a beautiful thing Tom you said uh, I felt like in Upton Park I felt like I was I belonged there belonging yeah. it's such an amazing yeah. the whole social side of it is so important isn't it. It is, and and that's the thing I, I think I loved. I used to love getting down to the there's a, the social club. It's not I don't mean it's there anymore. That obviously it was there at the Queens or whatever the bowling and just having a pint there. There's uh, I used to when I used to go to away games. Uh, guy Gary, he's the calf right by the stadium, so yes. I used to get in there and have a, a double gut buster type thing. Everything <laughs> that I think football fans and football was then was everything I miss about it now I think I think that that you know I think that the the sort of feeling of belonging to and, and you know and I think it's a weird thing that you could get a little bit deeper because I think like you know when you think about mental health or you could think about different things that you're going through and I think football is actually a really good way of of going for an afternoon and obviously you're repressing some of that with alcohol or whatever but mm. but for 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 a small time, you're just for 90 minutes. You're amongst a load of people who believe in the same thing mm. as you believe in. And I'm I'm not a religious man. And sometimes I talk to people that you know I work in an like eclectic um, industry, so you can work, work with people from all different sort of 
backgrounds and when you talk to someone who believes in God, you might not believe in that stuff yourself, but actually when you talk to them and that, so to have a belief in something is pretty incredible. And for 90 minutes as a football fan, you do have that. You, you're, you're privy to, for 90 minutes, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You know, I remember that last game at Upton Park, my grand had died and, and I've been going through like, you know, that, dealing with a lot of stuff there. And, you know, for that game, that game took on more than just being a game. It was like, it was an experience of like, you know, you're saying goodbye to many different things. Well, that's how you yeah. live on, isn't it? That's the they, spiritual they, that's, part yeah, of it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I totally yeah. understand that. They, they're with you because, you know, they were with you before and they're still with you. Yeah, and I think that's what football does because it represents, you know, if I, if I, you know, I can call my dad and, uh, you know, and that's, that's a conversation. It will be about sport. And, yeah. and a lot can be said between two men, a father and son, through sport through a lot of different subjects but you can do that through conveying chatting about sport and and that's just i think that's that's why football takes president i think for me among uh, above most other things this is the best 11 podcast from talk sport i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Best 11 podcast with Johnny Owen and Mark Webster. Tom, have you got um, a favorite piece of memorabilia or a memento, like a scarf or a badge or something like that? I've got, um, <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got a signed Trevor Brookin shirt. Ooh, um, which nice. Is, uh, yeah. Trevor uh, Brookin was, uh, yeah. And again, is uh, like he called me on my birthday this year, which was one of the best presents I've ever had in my life. We both worked for uh, a similar charity, and he phoned me, and we had a long chat on my birthday. So I've got a Trevor Brookin, Trevor Brookin shirt, which is which is pretty cool. And I also, you know, memorabilia-wise, it's a weird one, but yeah, the pink boots I wore as Gary. Uh, yes, <laughs> you get all the old Forest uh, players that are, they won the European Cup, and you can talk to them about football. It's, it's amazing. It's like speaking to sort of like to God almost because they tell you what Clef used to say and all that. And they were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Trevor Brooking one day, and they said the most amazing thing: um, Frank Clark and John Robson. And they went, and this, this, what a way to describe a player. And I've never heard him describe this. He went, the thing with Trevor was he always hurt you. 
And I was yeah. like, oh, I was like, yeah. oh, you, and I was yeah. like, straight in. What do you mean by that? And he went, every time he had the ball, he looked to hurt you. He looked to do something with it, you know, try and split the defence. You know, and I was like, wow. So Trevor Brook, and you think of this big, tall, graceful man, yeah. but on the pitch against him, he is deadly. I'd never, you know, because Trevor Brook has now become this elder statesman of the game. You know, he's kind of yeah. really respected. But then to hear about him as, as a warrior on the pitch, oh, Trevor was, you know, he, every time he had the ball, boom. I saw him sitting on Russell Square Station as my train went left. That's really depressing, yeah. that was. I was depressed <laughs> that he was sat there. He's got a steel about him when you yeah. say Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's surprising, you know, um, isn't it? He's no, um, he's no, like, sort of shrinking violet. And and it sort of almost had that sort of European way of, of playing. His sort of, yes. you know, his touch and his, you know... I love to watch someone play with, with their head, like, with their head up. And, yes. You know, looking for that, sort of, that pass. And, and you see it a little bit, and I, I you know... I don't want to get excited, mate. But when I watch Declan, I think with Declan, he has that thing. If, if you watch Declan Rice, there's a there's a holding midfielder. A, he plays with his head up. Head he's up, like, he's absolutely so right. Composed, and he strikes a ball in a phenomenal. I tell you what, man. There's gonna, you know, I'll tell you, and I've been saying this now for for a number of years because I've you know known about Declan and I know some of Declan's family. But Declan Rice is you're just now just seeing the tip of because that guy strikes a ball. He 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 could. Literally, I think go anywhere through a side. He could play. He could go. He could go further back and be the best centre back in England, or he could actually go further forward because actually his passing ability is is incredible. But you know, you watch him hit a ball in training. You know, he, the guy he could be a great goal. He genuinely could be a goal scorer. He's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I was just that was going to be the next question. Your favourite player now? I suppose you've answered that. No, it's not Declan Rice. <laughs> is it Declan Rice? Is he? I, a... You know what? I, right. So yeah, Declan, but. Mark Noble, yeah, and I think Mark Noble is, uh, you know, again, it's just a sad thought of him not putting, you know, him not being on the field for West Ham. I'm sure, without a doubt, he was staying in the club. But um, I think Mark Noble is, is, I think what he's done for West Ham United and, and the the player he is, but also the man he is, and actually what you saw with Mark Noble is testament to. I think we knew that as as fans, but. Um, what he is as a human being when the COVID thing was coming out and mm. he was he was so integral in, in getting the players to, to back um you know the donations and what they did and uh he's such an such intelligent guy and and such an important you know I think he'll become an important voice in the game but I think you know I'd love to see him manage uh, you know so favorite player yeah I, I sort of I, I find it hard to sort of pull between those two I think that Mark Noble is is be a one club man in in this day and age yeah. Uh, is, is uh, you know, breaks might never play for England, and and Declan coming through. I hope I hope we see many good years. But then I always think when it comes to West Ham, I used to get really bothered about players leaving and players going, and then as you get older, you learn to just enjoy things while you've got them. Yeah. And you knew with Payet, you know, Payet after those European Championships, the way he left wasn't great, but. He was the best player at the European Championship. He was not, you know, nominated for the Balloon Dior playing for West Ham. Mm. So you look back and think, we know what we had an incredible... That last year at Upton Park, he made it the, the best party that you could go to. So we saw him. And, and then, you know, yeah, I'd love Declan to stay at West Ham forever. But if he goes... Uh, yeah, you'll enjoy him yeah. for what he is at the moment. It's, yeah. good, it's a good yeah. attitude to him. No, definitely. And as you say, I mean, Mark Noble, I, I, I was at the uh, game in Alan Kerbyshire came back and we got saved from relegation. I was chatting to him afterwards. And uh, and he and this was when Noble was still obviously relatively young, and he yeah. was he just called him the shop steward, 
because he because yeah. he was the one who was always with the academy kids and organising them, make sure they were getting everything they wanted and make sure they were being looked after properly. And that's all Kirby Sheikh and said, "Oh, the shop stewards got. I'm, I'm putting the shop steward in midfield again this time." And it's just, that is <laughs> that's Mark Noble all over. That is, and as you say, he will be. I like to think given a tether, but just long enough so that he doesn't leave the postcode and that yeah. he remains within the club uh, for the next 70 to 80 years. That's all I ask of him. <laughs> it's, it's so just, important it, isn't it, to have a player who's born and bred and understands the club, the culture rare, of the club. It's a rare, it's a rare nowadays, thing, but it's so important, isn't yeah. it? Understands the fans, understands what it means to the fans. Yes. But also, it, it's the, the, the testament to Mark Noble is the fact that now the amount of managers that have come in and a new face comes in and it's easy to go, well, you know what? I'm going to bring so-and-so in because Try that's to drop my him. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's clearly shown with every one of those people what he can do on the pitch, but we can do off the pitch yeah. and, and what a great ally he is. And, and you know, I, I generally think, and you know, you talk about a golden generation and, and what they, what they missed was someone like Mark Noble, someone who was, you know, selfless in a sense. Someone who it was, it was about a bigger picture than him just as a player. And they, and beca- I think that- they become big. You see, uh, do you remember the famous thing where uh, Hiller takes over at Newcastle and then he and he drops Alan Shearer famously because yeah. you know yeah. trying to make a point of the manager. Trying to There's shut, no point. Stab his authority. To, yeah, yeah. You, you, it's Canute like you know you're trying to battle against the waves. If you go to something like West Ham or Newcastle, sure, you don't try to fight that. You, you do, embrace it. Yeah, don't you? What you do is you make yourself yes. look better. Yeah. In, the, in the eyes. You say of the this fans. is yes. the most important player this football club I understand that yeah. and I will work with him you know, because he understands the club I'm just a manager I'm you know, I'm transient I'm passing through but he gets it because he's a West Ham fan exactly. from when he was a kid yeah. also I mean with Shearer when it came to Shearer and Hullet it was like he was just the most important person in the football team he was the most important person in the city yes you know, it was like, you know, it's <laughs> Alan Shearer at Newcastle um, but yeah I mean it's that it's it's a, it's a hard thing to think of for for football in general, you know, I think you know you're you know you're at Forest there, Johnny. You know mm. yourself, if you, you know you get a young kid who comes through. Oh, it's huge. You're watching, and you know, yeah, it's like you know, I know Michael Antonio was with you guys, you know, yes. And but we want to watch Mike Michael now. I'm like, man, he, you know, I I think a really good season next season again. You know, he mm. he, he he grows and grows every year, and I think, you know, it, it's it, but that's what it is, right? And I think absolutely, you know, that, so that could be rash. That could be rash for the United. Yeah, you know, be. we could be having this conversation in ten years' time, and he's led his hometown team, yeah, you know, yeah. to glory, and you and you'd you'd applaud him for it, wouldn't you? Yeah, we've. It's, it's, what a young man he is. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm incredible. Right, here's a here's a here's a great question. Guess people, what's your favourite ever kit? And he got some boots at West Ham. Great colours for a start, and some great yeah. kits. So you got you got a, quite a range to choose from there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I, th- I think uh, you know the one that I love the most. That I don't know. It just brings me sort of. And when you, it's almost it, but sort of. You think more of the the time as well, and because I was playing Sunday League then, and yeah, I just think of West Ham. I think of that Dagenham Motors, the famous, you know, yeah. Julian Dick. <laughs> Yeah. The, the old Lucy yeah. Goosey, wasn't it? Eh? Yeah. Room, room, room for the bigger fella to manoeuvre in. Well, you know I, I was a bigger fella, let me tell you. I was, you know, the worst thing that happened to football fans was when those those tight shirts. Oh, unforgiving, yeah. weren't they? The Kappa ones yeah. in Wales. I remember seeing them and going, even John Hartson struggles in that, let alone a fan. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Oh. Let me just say, actually, and that's a big special mention when we're talking about favourite players and fa- favourite people involved in a game. I, I, I'll be amiss to mention John Hartson. Oh, he's a great player. John Hartson, oh man, I, again, like John Hartson now chat to him social media, just a legend 
and he was there was a I was I've talked about this recently and I forgot it. Uh, and there was a guy who hated him at West Ham <laughs> and he used to just go Hartson Fartson. <laughs> Wolves <laughs> satire, right? Eh? And isn't it amazing how defensive you become if you like a player and oh. somebody close to you dislikes them? You could probably get into like heated arguments, oh, can't it? Rouse about you know, but I loved watching John Artson. John Artson as well just had that thing that he sometimes looked like he just wandered out of the crowd and said to Harry, "Give me a shirt," and, <laughs> which actually and happened what? to a fan, didn't it? When yeah, Harry did that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He took off Lee Chapman, wasn't it? I said, on this, this guy, go on, yeah, Sam. What size boots are you? Go on and get him on. I was filming once in, in in Cardiff. I got to know him. I still know John. And uh, he was walking past and filming. And it's a big set. You know what it's like on set, Tom. It's all people and the, and the yeah. runners. And, and John Watson walks past. All right, Johnny. All right, John. What are you doing filming? Oh, great. So I says, do you, uh, he says, do you fancy a pint? Classic John. I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So yes. in, 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 and obviously, the, imagine the crew were like, they go, it's John Hudson. So anyway, he has a few pints and I'm going off and filming and then I come back. He's still there having a pint. And this is like on Mill Lane with his, all the pubs. Anyway, about three hours later, I, I come out, I finish a scene and the, the first lady goes to me, Johnny, we need a word to do. I'm like, what's the matter? And he went, John, he's asleep. <laughs> on a load of clothes, coats in the corner. So I kind of I have to wake him up and I go, All right, John. And he goes, Oh, yeah, John. He said, Oh, I've had a few. I'm like, Oh, nice one. And he's like, I'm going to have to shoot off now. And this sums footballers up. I'm like, Are you okay? And he goes, Yeah, yeah. And this is the early days of mobile phones. He mumbles something. 20 minutes later, a car comes, picks him up, and off he goes. He's driver's there. In, into the sunset. Driver. So I yeah. was like, That's John. I mean, just like, I'm in between oh, set and I'm just having. But, you know, just great company, John. Arthur. I can't think of anything more comfortable now than a pile of coats. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I could curl up with a pile of Do you know the big coats, coats they got right on set, Tom, where if you get a bit cold, yeah. they have the big oh. jackets? It's all them. Do you oh. know what I mean? The thought of having a few beers and then just also like just having a few beers at lunch. Yes. That. You can't do that on set now. <laughs> you just like. I remember when I first started filming and I was just, I was just going to go down the pub for a few beers at lunch. I'd do that every... I mean, I was doing that with a scaffolding. Which <laughs> yeah, of course you were. You were obliged it's to. It's a more, more dangerous being like 100 foot up in the air with a scaffold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but dearie I me. Tom, who's it... This is yours one that gets everybody thinking. Who's your favourite team that's not yours? Yeah, I mean, again, like... There's European sides that I sort of I look out for the results for. Yeah. That I I've always loved Juventus, Lazio. Over here, it's weird. I sort of fluctuate. I sort of there's there's lower teams at the moment. Weirdly, um, I'm trying to get more involved because I sort of I don't live actually far from you, John. But like Dagenham, um, I'm sorry, Russell and Diamonds, Dagenham. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah Diamonds you, is, you could take the boy out of East London. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Russell yeah. <laughs> Diamonds is too far away, and I'm. I, I love watching guys who aren't being like paid to play, yeah. I, I, or being like paid like it's like an amazing amount. I like the the love of the game and and the the smallness of because it takes me back to playing my, like Sunday league and playing yeah. at low level. Where myself. did you play but, then, Tom? But, uh, uh, what part? Of, like, you you from East? I take it. Did you play football over that? South, you South boy. South. Oh, that's a bit of bad luck for for all your mates then with the West Ham connection. Well done. All my best pals. Yeah, big Chelsea fans. So uh, um, a Blackpool so Tunnel West Ham, aren't you? That's what you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got quite a lot of family over from from East and whatever. I was a sort of really average centre back who could sometimes go up front if 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 we needed a goal. I'm playing up front, I think, for Soccer Aid when it when it comes. Oh, around. brilliant! Oh, Comst- Comston uh, should be there with him. Comston plays every year. Well, well. Yeah, yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. Me and Martin have been having a bit of banter about it. Martin's got the ump because I'm from 
I'm English Irish, so he was trying to get me to play for, for the rest I of the world. For the banter, really. Yeah. I don't think it was like a, a thing of me being that good a player, but he just wanted a bit of a laugh. I think. So, uh, <laughs> I want to see the two of you go out for an edit together. That's really all I need. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. I know my, I've known Martin Compton for about 15 years. I'll tell you this much. He will beat me in the air. He's that competitive. Yeah, he is. He's a good little he's got footballer. Got that about him, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's a really great footballer. But I, yeah, I like those lower teams. I like, you know, Sutton United. I used to sort of. Oh, I've been know, there. I've been there with Mertha. And the great right. thing about it is, you, yeah. and the people forget this, but non-league, you can have a pint watching the game. Oh, stop! Yeah, it's great. Thing. Oh, mate, having a pint. Um, I liken it to like when I started stand up, uh, and I'd go to clubs and there'd be people who'd been on the open mic scene and they'd be like, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've never ever been paid. And I'd be like, at first I'd just sort of think what? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like never, you know? Yeah. And then I would, you know, sort of slowly work my way up to be where I am now and, and, and start earning money from it. And they were still there. And then when I go back and try out material, they seem to still enjoy it where I had so much pressure. I put so much pressure on myself and I'm like, they're, these, they're doing it for more than just for money, the money and success. They're doing it for, because it might just be the highlight of their week. And I think, like, when you're going to, if you go to watch Sutton or Russian Diamonds or Merthyr, you're yeah. going to get something that's, that's a little bit more wholesome and a little bit more real than, than you might get if you're, you know, going to go and watch even West Ham or, or Cardiff or, yeah. or if you're going to go and Swansea or whatever. Yeah. You're going to get saying that the expectations are lower. So so those those moments of beating Sutton United if you're Merthyr or Sutton United beating Merthyr, a yeah. massive because yeah. you, you travel all that way. I, I love away trips as well. Oh, that I could talk to you. It's I just the best, isn't it? I just remember Bobby Charlton being interviewed, and he said, "So obviously it's a few years back, but like he said that if he's at the traffic lights, and uh, and there's a corner." There's like you know, there's a game going on yeah. in the park, and there's a corner. He can't go. Even if the, <laughs> the lights go green, he won't move until the until they take the corner. That's Man, so true. I, I love it. When we were when we were filming King Gary, right? It sort of so it starts off right. We're filming in the summer. We're filming in Essex, and it's incredible. It's you know, uh, and all the crew are real. Like I always try and I've worked with Vic before, and Vicky would tell you, I always try and get a real working class crew of people yeah. who are going to get on. It's really important. You're going to be on set together for eight weeks. We get a couple of jumpers down one lunchtime and me and about three other lads are just playing World Cup, Willie. So we're just, you know, and then the next day it's seven lads. And then the next day, Laura Checkney starts playing. He plays my wife in King Gary, who she was at Arsenal. I think she's she was great. at Arsenal or something. Yeah. She's a great footballer as well. She's incredible. She? <laughs> Amazing footballer, like genuinely. And she, in the end, it got so competitive, she stopped playing. But, and the next thing you know, uh, someone like walked three fields down from where our unit base was and drag found these two goals and dragged them back to our <laughs> unit. And then we've got two goals. Before you know it, we've got like 22, 23 lads. We've sat and we start having subs. It's about eight aside, and we start having rolling subs. And we start having these really like intense games. So I've become the captain of one, and one of, of the grips becomes the captain of the other. <laughs> and it like got to the point when we we're on set and real like banter, but real like sort of drive talking between us all, like really having a go at each other about, and the game became more important. I'm shooting a show for BBC One that I've written my company's making and Laura turned out and she was like, you've not even talked about the show. You've spent so long working out your tactic for this, this game. Anyway, we, we basically culminates in us having like the penultimate week. We're like, on the Friday, we're going to have this game. Everyone's like, we're Friday afternoon, we're having an easy afternoon. But Friday lunchtime, we're having this game. Everyone's talking. Like, oh, yeah, people are coming in on their day off. 
and it's just the most, it became the most physical game of football, right? Oh, no. James, James DeFond, I think you've met John, he's the director yeah. of my right. He broke his ankle, <gasps> like. It happens <laughs> in the game. One of the casters, like, I went for a ball and, like, sort of slid, and he came down with his elbow on my face. I have a massive black eye, <laughs> and I'm the lead character filming. It was the most intense game. It was like 3 2, and I missed the penalty. I'm still like, talking about it. Like, but it was the most amazing thing of us, like, come to coming together of everyone. You know, it was just, it was one of my favourite memories of ever being on set. And that's just what football does to me. I just, like, I, yeah, I'm a nut. Like, I'm a busy younger man. If I'd be in a bar and I'd be chatting up, chatting up a girl or whatever, and, and then sort of like the Barcelona team of Ronaldo would come on, and I'd sort of start turning around looking at that. And That's the end of that. From one of my mates. You're busy now. I just love it. I love football. Right. Yes, so yeah, this this is the this is the final question, Tom. And this is my next to me. Like, fly Kyle Spring. We're going to fly through this, this now. <laughs> uh, can you talk me through your best or your favourite uh, West Ham eleven, please? So I'm going to go Ludo McCloskey. Ludo. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Mark's right. this I've time. got these down. <laughs> go on, yeah. I, I, obviously, I'm stepping aside at this stage. This is all Tom Davis. Go on, fella. Go on, your defence. We've got a big Tim Breaker right back. Yeah. I love Tim Breaker. He was. Uh, he charged up and down. He came from Luton as well, yes. I loved him. He was great. Uh, I'll go Rio. Yeah. Uh, is it people I've seen or ever? Ever. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll go Rio and Bobby Moore. Yeah, it's got to be oh. there. Can you just begin to imagine that oh. as a centre half partnership? Oh well, uh, I'll go. Got to be. There's only one place for, li- uh, for left back in it. And- I've written Julian Dix down. What, what are you going to say? No, it's Julian. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. He was writing that down before he even said it. <laughs> this is like West Ham telepathy across well, exactly. the I mean, airwaves. Well, it, it was it's quite literally against the law for me to have not written yeah. Julian Dix down. That was as simple as that. Okay, your midfield. Uh, midfield, I'm going to go holding midfielder. I'm going to go with uh, with all all heart. I'm going to go Mark Noble holding midfielder yes. just because I love the guy. Yeah, I'm going to put in Trevor Brookin. Of course, of course you are because he can hurt you. Uh, <laughs> man, it's tough this next one. Um, but I want to go with a little bit of attacking. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to go three up front. There's no way I can't. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Joe Cole in there just because yeah. I loved I loved the moment when Joe came through. I, I still now look back at like. Just what an amazing young player he was, what he could do with the ball. He was just, you know, and, and also what a, a, a lovely, what a great lad he was. You know, Harry just, will tell I, you the stories, Tom, in which in which he would say he'd get a phone call pretty much every every week from Ferguson saying, how's the magician coming on? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, he wanted Joe Cole so bad, didn't he? he? Did. Yeah, and and also people turn talk about Joe Cole like he, you know, like he wasted his time. He won nearly, he won everything. He did all right. <laughs> Did do it, you know, he won everything, and and also just I I just think with Joey, it, it, that's someone we could be proud of as West Ham. The way he talks about West Ham when he's he's interviewed. So, um, yeah, and and that front, like, so listen, I I've done these before, and this is my team. This is what I believe in. I, you, you know what it's like at West Ham. I've been at West Ham after doing one of these before and having people having a dig at me. So I'm just going to go with the people that I love here. So I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go TC Tony Cotty up front. Nice, very nice. And then I'm going to put I'm I'm going to put Big John Hartson up there just because I love Big John. Seems fair. And, uh, and I just like the idea of those two playing together. And then just in a Roman role, and he could do whatever he likes because it's Frank McAvenny. And I just <laughs> <laughs> wow. A, I just you know, yeah. that's an attacking team as well, isn't it? Oof. <laughs> well, Some you goals might as well there. Go for it. But the thing I, is, you if you've got what? that defence, you can you can go with that attack, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And Mark Noble can just sit there and hold it. The thing that I love is when you do these, and I love doing these because it makes you think about, it, it's, it's nice just to think back back through. Whenever you do them, you always get someone walking up to you and saying, what about the Kearney? What about Jeff? Yes, yeah, yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, that's, but this is, this is, that's what's great about football. Yeah, this, this is, is the bit. Yeah. yeah, this is it, you know. And I will get people saying about John Hartson, and I will fight any man who tells me that John Hartson should be in that team. <laughs> it's, al- it's almost like you did it on purpose, Tom Davis, I'm saying. Deliver- John Hartson. Oh, Jean Provocateur. Yeah. I-, I can see it now. I can see McAvent, a little dink pass through Trevor Brookin. Picturing it. Pure yeah, West Ham, Mac- mate. Pure West Ham. It's beautiful. John Hartson knocked it down, and TC's at the back post. We- and we win the European Cup. There you go. <laughs> Keep it going. Tom, you've been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, to have. Tom. It's been a, it's been one of our best we've ever done. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. You've thanks, been, Ryan. been a legend. The Best Eleven Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best Eleven Podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best Eleven very soon. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.